Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins with new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the world's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your smartphone. Stay tuned for a special holiday offer on the galaxy's first interactive Tribble later on in this episode. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hi, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira Norris from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant, the Trek Geeks Podcast. With Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. adjudication office at Podfleet Command on the 47th floor. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and welcome to episode number 239. We had a bit of an impromptu week off last week. We'll talk a bit about that in a few moments, but uh, of course, by we, I do mean my illustrious co-host and I. Um... I've never felt better about having him on the show today, and that's because he's roughly 1,800 miles away from me right now, and I no longer feel a disturbance in the force. He's the largely discomforting Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. Greetings to you in sunny South Florida. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here as co-host here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Did you say the conjunctive-itis office on the 47th floor? No, I said the adjudication office. Oh, okay. What is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta... Show my true self every yeah. moment I can. Yeah, we have a pink eye office, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> well, it's it's good to be here. Uh, I've been looking forward to it, and so has the grandfather clock here in my parents' living room. So it's only the short 15-minute version, so it's already Damn done. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, down here for Florida to, to look after my folks for a few days. Um, things are going uh, pretty well. Um, but you know what? We had to uh, we had to get Cedar Skip It, Voyager Season 6 out of the way. So that's what we're here to do. Looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be an interesting conversation, and uh, it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you have a microphone and a laptop, you can podcast, baby. Well, you can attempt it, uh, <laughs> in your case. Wow. Uh, well, you said we had an impromptu week off last week. We didn't mean to, but work schedules being what they were, um, it made it a little tough to get an episode out last week, and we, we truly apologize for that. Uh, luckily, our guest was also able to accommodate our delay, Dan, and uh, we're excited to welcome a friend back to Trek Geeks. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had to reschedule this a few times with him, and, and he was very, very helpful in, in making sure that he would be available when we did record. So uh, you can hear him uh, on the Delta Flyer podcast. It's taking a little bit of a break right now, but it will be back. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. We look forward to seeing him all the time, whether it's in Vegas or Ticonderoga or wherever we can meet up. Uh, he's that hate, and uh, we're so happy to have him on. He's such a Voyager fan, and uh, it only felt fitting to have him on for a referee uh, as we do see it or skip it on Voyager. Season six, the penultimate season of Star Trek Voyager. It's hard to believe it's coming to a close and that we're almost uh, at the end of the year with only a few episodes left in 2020, buddy. Aw. I know. I know, right? Uh, okay. It's a little bizarre, isn't it? It's very bizarre. Twenty, But 2020 coming to end, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I've never been uh, unhappy to, or I've never been more happy to see a year go away. The only downfall is is that uh, we didn't get to really celebrate Voyager the way we wanted yeah. to with all our friends. But the good news is, maybe we can next year. And I, we next year we got Enterprise twenty and the continuation of Voyager twenty five. I yeah. think it's going to be a year that's even more incredible than we could have imagined. Absolutely fantastic. Two celebrations, two great shows. I'm going to do another rewatch of Enterprise pretty soon just so I can get ready for the big celebration. But uh, I'll tell you what, Voyager 25 has been awesome from our standpoint here on the podcast. And it, it really sucks that we didn't get to see our Voyager um, actors and, and people on the show and behind the show during the year with all the COVID stuff. But uh, I think they know that we all love them and appreciate them. So I'm looking forward to this episode of Cedar Skip It, buddy. Well, buddy, people may want to know how they can tell you how much they love you and appreciate you, you know, uh, but your parents are right there. I don't know why they'd email you, but in case they decide to, how might they get that information to us online? Yeah, for the other four people who might want to do that, they can definitely uh, get in contact with us. We would love to hear from you, actually. I know I would. Uh, you can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and there you can find ways to email us, send us a voicemail, chat us up, tweet at us. And of course, as always, Camp Kittimer, it's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network on Facebook. It's the most positive Trek group on Facebook. We don't allow any trolling. We don't allow any gatekeeping. Only people celebrating what they love about Trek. Um, all you need to do is go to Facebook, search for Camp Kinemer, and we just would love to have you join the group. We want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Dan. Oh, and Fark, too. Yeah, him, too, for the amazing job they do running the camp. Um, but also, it's very important to please remember that any messages or messages or comments you leave in the places may be used in a future episode, Bill. Did you really... I double worded a couple. That? I double worded a couple of them. Yeah, you sounded like you were having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making fun of me. <laughs> That's a Family Guy quote. It is. It is absolutely. Want don't want to offend anybody. Yes. No. Absolutely. No. I don't mind if I offend you. That's completely different. <laughs> Dan, it's our favorite time of the year and our favorite time of the show it's the time i get to tell the world just how much of a moron you really are wow really dude thanks that's great <laughs> well i mean you are but i digress <laughs> what i really mean though is it's time for us to talk about our great friends at fansets they have been incredibly busy over the past few weeks and they have all kinds of great releases coming our way very soon yeah absolutely busy is an understatement my friend we actually just got off the phone with lou just right before we recorded it seems that yeah. every day they're coming out with new sneak peeks for pins that are on the way and everybody should really head over to fansets.com uh check out their facebook or twitter feed Needs, uh, any of their other social media right now so that you can get some of these um, uh, 
sneak peeks, you should, I, I should call them. Uh, of course, there are, are pins, actually, that are available right now at fansets.com, and they are Jean-Luc Picard wearing his family crest, which, interestingly enough, fansets designed, which is kind of cool. So it's a fansets pin wearing a fansets pin. That is so meta. That is so cool. And also, you can get Hugh from Star Trek Picard uh, right now over at fansets.com. Um, I also forgot to mention recently, and I can't believe I forgot this, that the one and only General Chang is actually available at fansets.com right now as well. And I am going to be adding that to my inbox. Additionally, Fansets has announced some details for their line of magnetic back badges. And oh my God, are they going to be Fansets-tastic. Picard, Season 3 Discovery, Lower Decks, All Good Things, Section 31, Discovery Classic, The Kelvin Timeline, Strange New Worlds... And as part of a special partnership with John Coolian and Anovos, the Wrath of Khan Monster Maroon Insignia. Wow. But I'm, I'm not done, Bill. As the holidays are fast approaching, the 2020 holiday pin from Fansets will be available soon. And, you know, with the way this year is gone, you might think that the holiday pin would be Schmitter after his run-in with the Horda. But no. It's actually even better. It's <laughs> You liked that, didn't you? Poor um, Schmitter. Every once in a while, I got a good one. But it's Badgie from Lower Decks in all his Yuletide beauty, and that's just great. Oh, those are incredible announcements, Dan. As always, we have a really special deal for our Trek Geeks listeners. Go to fansets.com. Now, when you get there, put a whole bunch of pins, accessories, and even gift certificates into your cart, because when you spend more than $30, you will automatically get free shipping in the United States. And then on top of that, because we're going to help you save even more scratch. For 15% off your entire order, use the Trek Geeks exclusive discount code for this week, PATHFINDER. That's P-A-T-H-F-I-N-D-E-R in all capital letters with no spaces. This discount code is going to be available to use until Wednesday, November 25th, 2020 at midnight Eastern time. Bill, I got to say, I got a special announcement coming right now from fansets.com. Thank you very much. Yes, Black Friday's coming up, my friend. Um, it's not too long from now. As a matter of fact, it's a little over a week. Um, and Fansets is going to be right there to help out with a, a huge and incredible Black Friday sale. You are going to be able to get 20% off your order at fansets.com. And they're going to have a crap ton of Star Trek character pins available for ridiculous sale prices so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to keep an eye at fansets.com for the black friday information and all those special pins that are going to be on sale it's going to be awesome they also gave us a sneak peek i gotta say bill for some december releases (laughs) december releases a brand new voyager seven of nine micro crew pin is going to be coming out and Everybody who's a Riker fan, Terry, um, is going to be very happy to know that a brand new TNG bearded Riker pin is going to be coming out on December 1st as well. That is pretty awesome. Always good having some Riker available to put up on your wall, buddy. Oh, without a doubt. I I couldn't agree with you more. And um, more stuff I'm going to have to buy. Yeah, we need new jobs. Yeah, you need a job, period. (laughs) Fan sets. Our pins have character, and we want to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Well, Dan, here we are, the penultimate season of Star Trek Voyager, and our see it or skip it for said season. It's hard to believe that we're almost at the end of 2020, but in a way, it's really great to believe we're almost at the end of 2020, and we've been celebrating Voyager all year long, despite everything going on. That's one of the positive things about 2020 is we've had Voyager 25 all year 
um, not only on the podcast, but just about everywhere. I just bought the autobiography of Catherine Janeway two days ago. Very excited about that, and I'm I'm going to start reading it. So yeah, it's been a it's been a year that um, everyone would like to forget. No one will forget it, but we do have Voyager 25, and we do have seven Theater Skippets over the course of the year, and one still after this. So that's a good thing. Counting is easy. It is. It's yeah. It, yes. Yeah, we'll tell like, Amy Nelson that uh, that that you've done a great isn't job it today. Technically, yeah. only six because you did season one a couple years ago. Well, and that uh, Dan, the wow. person correcting you on the spot is the person you get to introduce now. So um, <laughs> you can use whatever words you like. Actually, it's just me and you at this point. Let's go, episode <laughs> one. No, he's a he's a great friend. You heard him just a second ago. Uh, we love seeing him every year in Vegas or wherever we can meet up. You hear his mellifluous tones on the Delta Flyer podcast. And if he was on the planet from Bread and Circuses, his name would probably be Thadionalis Hiaticus. It's that hate. Hey, buddy, good to have you on the show. <laughs> it's good to be here. See? And you were wondering why I was asking before we started recording. <laughs> That's what you wanted it for? Yeah. I thought you were going to bring it up during Sunkatsi. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Oh, it would have been, yep. But no, yeah, it's it's great to have you here. I mean, we, we've talked about having you on for a while. Um, we've had to have schedule reshuffles and all that stuff. We finally get to do this. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, who better to be the ref of a Theater Skip It than someone who hosts a podcast about Voyager, the Delta Flyer. It's awesome to have you here, man. I'm really pleased to be here. It's great to see you guys because you know it's good to we see didn't you get a too. Chance to do it in person this year, yeah. We we miss your face. Um, <laughs> it's we're looking forward to 2021 and hopefully being able to you know commiserate with our Trek family at various points throughout the summer. And you're certainly on that list, buddy. How are you doing? You you staying sane? You staying healthy? Mm, relatively <laughs> sane and relatively <laughs> healthy. Are you staying? That's really all you can ask for these days. <laughs> Are you staying somewhat inebriated? Because that seems to help me. <laughs> uh, not yet this evening, but the night is young. The night the is n- very young. <laughs> the night is young. Well, guys, um, Thad, you've heard the show before, but for anybody who may be checking in for the first time, see it or skip it is where we take a season of Star Trek and go through it episode by episode and decide which episodes we'd see, which ones we'd skip. Spoiler alert: we'd actually watch them all. This is just a fun way to review the season. Um, even though some of these episodes may not be our favorites, if they're on TV, Dan, we're pretty much going to watch them. Oh, absolutely! No matter what, uh, what channel, what time, if we're scrolling through the channel, uh, through the through the menu, and there's a Star Trek episode on, I don't care if it's in the Children's Shall Lead. I'll probably w- no, I won't watch in the no, Children's Shall Lead. But uh, anything else, I'll probably watch it, and that includes every episode of Voyager. Who, as we've talked about f- over the course of the past year, we have just fallen so deeply in love with, and it's just such a fantastic series. And it took us a while, but uh, we are full on board, buddy. We absolutely are. So, uh, Thad, you have the unenviable task of refereeing, hopefully, what is not chaos tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't want to say it directly reflects upon you how we do, but it pretty much directly reflects upon you how we do. So don't mess up. Missed it by that much. (laughs) Sorry, you said chaos and I just started. Dan, in a (laughs) a random coin flip before the show for evens and odds, um, you got one of the two of them and I don't know which one. So... Which uh, which do you want to do evens or odds tonight? I don't I don't know. I know that there's one uh, in the list that I need you to do first, and if it comes out of place, I'll let Thad know so he can uh, switch it around. I don't know. 
<laughs> it would just be easier if you told us. You could just look at what yeah. I, I got. You know what? I, I, you know what's amazing is because I'm traveling and I don't have my monitors, I am like lost. It's so hard to look, work on such a small screen. Let me see if I can find it because I don't even know where it is at this point. Well, um, this is this is great. Isn't this great, great podcasting? podcasting? Yeah, it's. It's what I live for. I well, live that, for this. I, I tell you what, we're just going to let you kick it off. You can choose whomever <laughs> you want to for whatever round. If Dan goes first 10 times in a row, it doesn't really matter because we're going to well, get to them all. And after each one, we're going to tell everyone how Camp Kittimer voted. Excellent. Um, so, Thad, you have the floor, my friend. Well, since uh, Dan is apparently not prepared, how about wow. go first? That sounds great. Do you want to read the, uh, the episode in the description? Absolutely. Uh, first episode of season six is Equinox Part Two. The crew of the USS Equinox attempts to elude the USS Voyager in order to exploit the nucleogenic life forms in a bid to return home. It's a good thing you said nucleogenic because I don't think Dan would have made it through that word. Nucleogenic. Uh, <laughs> you cheated. Uh, <laughs> this one for me is a definite see it. I have a rule, and that is if you have a two parter in Star Trek, you always want to watch both parts. And the rule for seeing the second part is safe with Equinox Part 2. It wraps up a great story and is a fantastic start to this season. Um, lots to chew on in this episode, Dan. It's definitely one of my favorites. So it's like a rule of farquisition if you really think about it. But that's another no. story for another time. No, um, it's not. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to give it a see it as well. To me, this is Voyager's version of TOS's Obsession. Because Janeway's going to stop at nothing to track down Ransom and make him pay for what he's done. I'll throw that in there. Um, and it's a great kickoff to the sixth season, in all honesty. It really is. So, um, you know, this was one of those episodes that I will, or this two-parter that I really didn't enjoy the first or second or third time I saw it. It really took a while for me to really appreciate it, and I really appreciate it now. Thad, what about you? See it or skip it? Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I agree. See it. Uh, I would think I'd say there are some uh, two parters, even some epic Star Trek two parters, where the second part is not always quite as good as the first. But this mm -hmm. is not one of those. This one really sticks the landing. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. It's uh, it's definitely a favorite of mine. Dan's doing gymnast moves there, and I'm glad <laughs> that people can't see it as a general rule. <laughs> You guys might be interested to know that 98.1% of respondents in Camp Kittimer said they would see this episode. That is the highest rating for season six. So it's all downhill from here. That's amazing. And I got to say, usually I see those percentages when we record th these episodes. But like I said, because I'm traveling, I don't see that on my screen. So these are all going to be surprising numbers to me tonight, buddy. Uh, every number on the planet surprising to you because you're not that bright. Except number one, because that's you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thad, take it away. <laughs> All right. So episode two, Survival Instinct. Three board from Seven's past appear and ask to be completely separated from the collective. How do you say Dan? Dan. Um, actually, I gave this one a see it. <laughs> this is a good quote, former drones show up and need help story. Um, and hey, Von Armstrong, uh, where can you go wrong with Von Armstrong? So uh, it's a good example of the torment that Seven puts on herself. Uh, you know, this whole idea of letting them live only for a few weeks or returning them to the collective so that they can live their normal life expectancy. That's kind of ridiculous to me, though. Knowing what I know about the Borg, which is nothing compared to them in Seven, that's not even a question. I'll take the few weeks. Thank you very much, Bill. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. This one for me is an absolute see it. Uh, I know something of Seven's Torment because I podcast with Dan Davidson on two different shows. <laughs> and, um, well, <laughs> I'm just going to let you draw your own conclusion. This one is okay to me, even though it's largely predictable, I think. Um, uh, there's not a lot here that wows me, but it's a good story that's told well, Thad. I would agree. Um, I rewatched the whole season in preparation for this podcast, and this was one that, like, I didn't remember very well, so I was going into it expecting it to be kind of mediocre and was like blown away at how good it really is. So it's a definite see it for me. Nice. Well, that's fantastic. Camp Kittimer, uh, 73% of respondents, so just uh, just under three out of four, hmm. says they would see survival instinct. Uh, the numbers, I'm going to tell you now, are kind of all over the place this season. Um, some of the lowest rated ones this season might surprise you. And that's all I'm going to say. Ooh. Yeah. Nice tease. I know. It's, it's, it's something we call the business major market tease. Mar- market tease. Or just, yeah. yeah. Ma- major market. Yeah. Okay. Thad, you're, you're cooking right along, buddy. Here we are at number three. Yep. Barge of the Dead. Bellana's shuttle was hit by an ion storm, and she awakens to find herself among Klingons in the Barge of the Dead on the way to Klingon hell. Bill. Okay. This one for me is a see it. Here I am at three in a row, Dan. That's, mm. uh, it's not like the 10 or 11 in a row I ripped off last time. But don't uh, think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen either. <laughs> uh, Ron Moore didn't do v- too much in his time on Voyager, but this story by him and Brian Fuller really is just fantastic. It's a great exploration of Balana and Klingons in general. I just wish we had had it four seasons earlier. I would have liked this depth and texture even earlier in the show because I think they could have built off it even more. But this is one of my all-time favorite Klingon episodes, Dan. Oh, that's that's saying a lot. Um, yeah. I gave this one a see it as well, and I'll be honest, as we're going to talk about later, <laughs> no, another tease, um, I'm not a huge Balana episode person, but I'm a big Balana fan. Strange as it may sound, we'll talk about that later. I didn't really care for this episode too much years ago, but as I do every see it or skip it with my H&I rewatch, I've got a new appreciation for it, and I think Roxanne shines in this episode. Probably the best Bolana episode of the whole series, in my opinion. She, she's got a lot of demons to deal with, man. Uh, just a lot. The imagery in the episode and, and shows how she deals with those issues, namely her mom, and they really work. It's a great Taurus episode, but like you said, it's one of the best Klingon episodes too, Bill. Uh, Fat, sorry. <laughs> one of the two of us. Frank, I Bill, you guys. whatever. I, I've, I very much enjoy it. I think there is a tendency in Star Trek for Klingon episodes to be overused, but Voyager, by dint of being in the Delta Quadrant, didn't have that problem. There's only a handful of them, and this is probably the best one that they have. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I'm glad they, they didn't go to the well too many times, even though they could have holodecked the hell out of it. There are times where they do and it's appropriate. It fits the story. But um, this one is just is fantastic. 65% of respondents mm. in Camp Kittimer would see Barge of the Dead. So just under two thirds. Also very interesting to me. You're interesting. Just throw that out there. Your face is interesting. <laughs> what I don't have with me tonight, unfortunately, are the verbatims. I did receive them. I don't have them on this computer. So that's all right. Um, so that's that's all on me. I'm a horrible person. Yeah. Nobody's gonna argue. Yeah. Thad better not argue. He's hosting. <laughs> oh, why would I, why would I argue with the truth? I know. I know. Wow, that's awesome. 
So episode five, or I'm sorry, episode four, <laughs> Alice, or <laughs> episode five is Alice, <laughs> episode four, Tinker Tenor Doctor Spy. The doctor adds daydreaming to his program, imagining himself as the emergency command hologram aboard Voyager. But aliens, tapping into his perceptions to observe the crew, prepare an attack when they believe what they are seeing in the daydreams is real. Yes. Uh, you know what? I'm giving this one a see it. Uh, I've always enjoyed the goofiness of this episode, even when they're facing a crisis for real instead of the so-called daydreams. And even though the aliens look like giant turds, I think they're pretty well done. I, I actually like them. Um, and, and you know what? The doctor gets to rub Janeway's ass. So what could possibly go wrong, Bill? <laughs> wow. Uh, I didn't think we were going there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, this one is a see it for me, although just barely. Uh, to me, this just isn't a great episode, and, and only a few of the moments are worth it. But the moments that shine are, are truly gold, and, and they do show Picardo at his best. I just, I wanted more from this and didn't get it, Thad. I personally really enjoy this episode. I mean, it's not, I don't think it'll ever go down as amazing Star Trek, but it's fun. Uh, especially, like, the cold open of this episode is just <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and... I absolutely love the ECH activation sequence yes. where the pips show up on the collar one by one. Yeah, yep. it's a see it for me. That is a pretty cool moment. I'm not going to lie. Um, I uh, It's interesting to think that they could have an ECH at some point, but uh, what do I know? Camp Kittiber knows that 92.3% of the people responding love this episode and would watch it. So hmm. it's a definite see it for Camp Kittimer. And as the bells chime out the love for this episode from Camp Kittimer, let us all revel in the glory. On to episode five. Episode five, this time for real. Alice, Tom Paris becomes obsessed with a salvaged alien shuttlecraft, which appears to have a mind of its own. Dan, I think. Are we Dan or Bill? Dan. It works. Someone. All right, we'll go, we'll go with me. Yeah, yeah, okay, so here we go. Didn't take long for the first skip it of the season, season six. Um, this is a wasted Paris episode in every way, shape, or form. They could have named this episode Flo or Vera or Mel, and it would have been better than Alice. Um, it, it's just, it, it, how many bad ep Paris episodes have there been? There have just been so many. Uh, all of them. All of them, I, I think. Yeah, it's just non-believable and awkward, Bill. Um. Yeah, this one for me is a definite skip it, and I follow that up with meh. There it is, first of the season. Meh. This is one of Voyager's worst episodes. Nearly everything in this episode is out of character for the crew, and for me, this thing is just a disaster, Thad. I completely agree. When I did my rewatch for this episode, this was the only one that I literally did skip. Uh, it <laughs> is <laughs> just not a good episode, and... I do just want to highlight one particular line. When Paris is begging them to let him get the ship, Chicote says they ha already have a full complement of shuttles. And my question is, how in how? the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Yep. Those things must replicate like the mines in front of the wormhole in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> uh, they do it. They're invisible at the time. And um, I got nothing. Well, gentlemen... It should make you feel good to know that the universe is not lost. 26.9% of respondents in Camp Kittimer said they would see this episode. That is, in fact, the lowest rating of season six. 
I was going to say, is that one of the lowest of all of Voyager so far? Uh, I'll have to check that. I think there's some lower. Okay. But at 26.9 is definitely a low point for this series. That's bad. Um, it is bad, but there are episodes I'm surprised are not that bad later on. True. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge that. All right. Episode six, Riddles. Returning from a diplomatic mission, Tuvok is attacked by a cloaked intruder and suffers neurological damage. Bill. Uh, this one for me is a see it. I, I do love a good Tuvok story, and, and this one's not bad as far as things go. There's a little bit of tropiness in there, but all in all, it's not a bad hour of Star Trek, Dan. Oh, I totally agree. I gave this one a see it. You know, it, it seems to me that Tuvok-centric episodes are very few and far between. Uh, so I'm really happy to have one here in season six, and it's actually a good story. So I gave it a see it as well, Thad. I agree. I like pretty much all of the Tuvok Neelix episodes. I think they have an excellent yeah. dynamic. And this episode, yeah, it's just a, it's a good episode. Uh, I agree. You agree. We agree. Camp Kittimer mostly agrees to the tune of 65.4%. So, again, two-thirds of people who took the poll said that they would watch Riddles. I think that's a solid number for this particular episode since, you know, it's uh, it, it's largely a bottle show. It's 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 more about Tuvok and, and what's going on in his brain than anything else. So, um, I think that's a, that's a fair rating. All right. So, on to episode seven, Dragon's Teeth. Voyager discovers a network of subspace passageways, but is forced to land on a planet after being attacked. Dan. Uh, well, I, um, I, I gave it a skip it, and I really wanted to give it a see it, but I, I just can't. The, the, and the reason being is the story starts really well, but suffers from season one-itis, and that they wrap it up quickly and quite poorly, in my opinion. Um, and the Vaudoir are just creepy-looking Cardassian Cobra aliens who give me the heebie-jeebies just like Bill. Bill? Wow. Um, yeah. Thanks for that setup, buddy. I really appreciate that. This one for me is a see it, uh, but really only because of the Vaudoir, who I really wish we saw more of uh, throughout Voyager and especially in <laughs> the last two seasons. I think they could have been the adversary that Kazon were not, Thad. I agree with Bill. I It's also a see it for me. And I do think the Vaudoir were set up that they could absolutely have been a recurring villain. You just say they're subspace corridors, let them show up later down the road. But I, I think it's a very good, very good thing. I like the, I mean, it's a standard trope. A lot of sci-fi shows have this where you, where the, they meet these aliens who they think are the good guys and they turn out to not be the good guys, but it's still, I think it plays pretty well. I do too. And Camp Kittimer seems to agree with all of us. 84.6% of the people who took the poll said they would watch Dragon's Teeth. Um, I, that's solid for me and, and just proves that Dan has no idea what he's talking about then. Huh. Really? Well, I don't know if I don't know if I go that far, but thank oh, you. I, I will. Uh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode eight. One small step. Voyager is nearly hit by a mysterious subspace mass, and the crew theorize that the debris of an ancient Earth Mars ship is inside. Bill. Uh, this one for me is an absolute see it. This is just great Star Trek, period. I loved this episode the first time I saw it. In fact, I hadn't seen it until I did my first full watch through um, uh, earlier, late last year, early this year. So for me, it's relatively new. And I rewatched it again. And I had the same feeling, Dan. This is just a great hour of Trek. 
absolutely 100% agree. I gave this one to see it. It's just a great episode showing one of Earth's first trips into the unknown. You can feel John Kelly's excitement, his fear, his loneliness, and every emotion he has in his logs. And it is just simply a brilliant episode, Thad. I absolutely agree. Although I'm a little surprised that you two are willing to see an episode that talks about the Yankees winning the World Series. But yes, I I agree. It is a very good episode. Uh, It's just good Star Trek. That's not the way to get invited back to the show, Thad. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in fairness, they have won it 26 times or something like that. Um, I don't really care. Really? Why do you care? Um, (laughs) They're in our division. I happen to know these things. Mm. Um, 84.6% of respondents said they would see one small step. That's That's a very solid rating for an episode like that. I'm always interested when the number is not higher than say 90 for an episode like this, because this episode is just so universally track that it makes me wonder what it is that makes somebody go "Eh, pass. Yeah. That's a, I was, I was shocked when you said that number. I thought it would be much higher than it was. Yeah. Same here. But, uh, but there we are. That's one small step Thad, and onward we go. All right. Onward to the Voyager conspiracy. After assimilating Voyager's data for the past six years through an enhancement to her Borg implants, Seven of Nine suspects that the ship did not arrive in the Delta Quadrant by accident. Damn. This is great for me. I gave this one a see it because, you know, paranoia, they destroy ya. Uh, anyway, um, uh. I, I really love how Seven starts questioning everything after she downloads the information. And I, I just love how the episode uses past storylines in her devolving state of paranoia and obsession. I love Jerry's performance in this one, and I just think it's a lot of fun, Bill. Well, I'm going to do something I've never done on Trek Geeks before, and I see it or skip it. Say something smart? Uh, no, that's, I guarantee that's still not going to happen. Um, I'm going to give this episode a see it, but I'm going to follow it up with meh. That's right, my first see wow. it, meh. Um, this episode is okay enough. I don't love it. Um, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. But other than that, I don't really have any strong feelings about this because I just, eh, meh. That's kind of how I feel, Thad. Hmm. Uh, I'm leaning towards meh, but I also give it a see it. Um, I really like one scene in this episode when Chicote and Janeway realize that they're being played. And and uh you know start working together and they both say let's never talk about this to anyone <laughs> or let's never put this in the report yeah i really like that scene and otherwise it's fine yeah that's really what it boils down to it's fine um but cam kittimer is much more praiseworthy of thank the voyager you. conspiracy thank you proving that every now and then they get it wrong too 88 and a half percent of respondents would see the voyager conspiracy now i'd like to point out 88 and a half Voyager conspiracy, 84.6, one small step. Ooh, that's yeah. interesting. See, and I love to see the vote from Cam Kittimer because there are some things you just can't explain. And it's great because everybody's fandom is different. Everybody likes different things. And and these polls in, in the camp really prove that 100%, Thud. So you can't Kittimer explain it? <laughs> Sorry. Just, <laughs> you get to just stop using the internet ever. <laughs> Okay. 
All right. Uh, so we're, we got a little off track there. So let's get a. We, I think we need a Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, ah, oh, very nice. See, I did it on purpose. <laughs> Barkley gets over involved with holographic recreations of the Voyager crew in his attempts to contact them. This episode also features Deanna Troy. That's a weird synopsis, but okay. <laughs> Who gets to go? Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be you. All righty. Um, this one for me is a see it. It's a great episode that brings back some familiar characters that we know and love and makes them fit into the Voyager framework really well and really seamlessly. Ultimately, this tells a good story that doesn't necessarily rely on just the Voyager crew. And I think it's a nice stretch of the legs before we get into some deeper stuff later on in the season, Dan. Yeah, I, I agree. This is definitely a see it. I just love this episode. I love seeing Barkley still dealing with all of his problems that we've seen in the past. I love seeing Deanna show up. I love how Barkley's literally about to be drummed out of the service and then bam, there's Voyager. And then everything's great. Um, I really like this episode and it sets up things for the rest of the series, which I think is great. So definitely you see it for me, Thad. Uh, Also for me, uh, Barkley is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Trek. And I think this is his best episode. Yeah, nice. by far. Nice. By far. So you're saying you hate it. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, you might be interested to know that this episode, Pathfinder, is tied for the second highest rating of the season at 96.2%. So this is an episode that's pretty universally loved, and I'm sure that the Barkley and Troy uh, factor have a lot to do with that there in addition to just the story itself. So it looks like it's a home run all around. One of the things that I really like about this, guys, is this episode opens on Earth, which we don't see on Voyager. Yeah. And I think that's just one of the things that really just makes it even more fun is that we get to see that home that they're trying to get to so much. But I digress. Go ahead, that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> episode 11, Fairhaven. The crew enjoys a respite inside a holodeck creation designed by Tom Paris, while Voyager faces the threat of an oncoming storm in space. Dan. Well, guys, I'm going to describe it like this. I'm going to try to be as nice as I can to give you an idea. (laughs) You know that when you, you... You know that a holodeck episode really sucks when I'm wishing for a holodeck episode where Wesley Crusher screws something up and throws holographic snow and it hits the captain who is outside of the holodeck. Just saying. Um, Fairhaven is weak. The Janeway romance is forced. It's not a good episode. Skip it. And then when you're done skipping it, just rewind it and skip it again. Bill? Wow, rewind. So you're watching this on VHS, which says you really hate it. Um, This one for me is also a skip it. And I follow that up with meh. And further, I say, computer, delete the episode. (laughs) Thad? I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I knew you were. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) This is one of my favorites. Um, I personally think that the holodeck works in this situation uh, as the place for the crew to relax i think the janeway romance works i think it's brilliant to see janeway getting this because she doesn't have that opportunity elsewhere because she's the captain on a ship in the middle of nowhere she it's not like she has other options for romance at all because otherwise it would be you know there's all sorts of problems that come from being in a romance, a captain being in a romance with someone on the crew, as we have seen in other Star Trek. Uh, and 
the fact that Janeway gets to have this experience and also realizes that perhaps she's going a little too far and get, has to deal with that, I think it's very human. I think it's an excellent mm. development in Janeway's character. Interesting. Uh, th- that is interesting. Um, you seem to be the minority opinion on this. Uh, oh, I know. For, I the, for the court, Thad, because <laughs> 36.5% of respondents in Camp Gittimer said they would see this episode. That is the second lowest rating of the season, which kind of surprises me it's not dead last. Yeah. Because um, that's what I was expecting. Oh, I know which one will be last. <laughs> Do you know? Well, we already did the lowest one. That's what I was going to say, but you, I didn't know if you'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have the spreadsheet in front of me. So, um, so yeah, Thad, sorry, buddy, but um, the bunch of people skipping this one, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. You're all wrong. <laughs> Episode 13, Virtuoso. Uh, no, nope, blink of an eye. Oh, wow. On, well, it just went by in a blink of eye, and I didn't even see it. Uh, <laughs> episode 12, blink of an eye. Voyager is trapped in orbit about a planet with space-time differential, such that while its inhabitants live through the years, Voyager experiences mere minutes. Uh, Bill. Thank you. Uh, I see it for me. This is 100% pure Trek. Great story, great character development, great science fiction. It's right up there with some of the best hours of this franchise for sure, Dan. I um, Seeing it makes me love this episode even more. And plus, uh, Dan, I know you got to love that there's a lost uh, uh, tie in here. Yeah, absolutely. There is. Love him. Love that. I love him. Uh, this is to see it. It's It maybe is the best episode of the season, guys. You know it's good when Trek Geeks... You know it's good when Trek Geeks does an entire episode of an episode. Um, but then again, we did it for Haunting of Deck 12, too. It's a great science fiction story, <laughs> and this one never gets old, and it's just absolutely fantastic, Thad. I 100% agree. I think it's the best episode of the season, and I even think it's the best episode of the series. This is my favorite episode. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's high praise. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, 92.3% of the respondents in Camp Kittimer said they also like this episode. So universal praise all around. I don't think there's enough good things you can say about this episode uh, because you could keep going and they'd still all be 100% truth on. Yeah. In fact, you could sing so much praises, you could even say it's a virtuoso. Uh, episode 13, Virtuoso, visiting aliens who have never before encountered music, become fascinated with the Doctor's opera singing and ask him to leave Voyager and join their society. Dan. Yeah, um, here we go. I gave this one a skip it. Um, and this is the reason, uh, this is the one, I should say, for season six. Even after reading about it, I got nothing can't remember anything about it. I'm starting to sound like Gandalf when he's ready to like choose the cave that he needs to go down in the mines of Moria. I have no memory of this episode. Bill? Well, here we are again. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually keeping kind of how many mez I give out this year because I, or this season, because I don't think I've ever done this many. And here we go. Skip it. Meh. Computer. Delete the doctor singing. Sad. <laughs> I would. I gave this a skip. It. I'm sorry. I see it, but just barely. I don't think it's great. Um, I think it does show some interesting character 
in for the doctor, but I don't think it's an incredible episode and I don't really object to people skipping it, but I would say maybe see it at least the first time you watch the show. Yeah, no, definitely. And this one is really straight down the middle of Camp Kittimer. 51.9% said they would see this episode. If I'm not mistaken, this is the episode that has award-winning singer, songwriter, composer, Paul Williams in the beginning in the cold open. Um, He who wrote The Rainbow Connection for the Muppet movie. Uh, Hi-ho. Yeah, hi-ho. Kermit the Frog here. Um, probably one of the timeless songs of film of, you know, the, the latter half of the the 20th century. And, uh, I just, I love that cameo, but it still doesn't help the episode to me. Fun fact, a little history lesson in sixth grade, sixth grade in my chorus group, I sang rainbow connection solo in like several concerts. And it was one of the funnest things I've ever done. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And I actually only, I can only name two. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> see what I did? I couldn't answer that question either. Uh, and uh, that's okay. It was a rhetorical question. So, Bill, the holidays are approaching fast, and Science Division has the perfect gift for you and your Trekkie friends. Oh, they absolutely do. The Galaxy's first interactive triple from Science Division is a fantastic present that you can enjoy all year long. Plus, I mean, they're such a great Star Trek collectible. I'm telling you, you're really going to love it. The Triple from Science Division has three modes. There's At Ease, where they're happy and content. There's On Duty, which is kind of a random mix of happy and angry sounds. And Watchdog, where you can be sure that they've seen your face, buddy. (laughs) Now, you don't have to use the app to enjoy your Triple, but if you do, there's also an Attack button, which makes your Triple scream on demand at friends and family and pretty much everyone but Santa Claus, because who doesn't love Santa Claus? Oh, my God, I love Santa Claus. I really do. And I'll even tell you this, Bill. I've seen him. I've seen him with my own eyes. And I am here to tell you right now today that Santa is not dangerous. You know what is dangerous? (laughs) Wrapping your own gifts, Dan. That's incredibly dangerous. And luckily, uh, Science Division is going to help take care of that this holiday season, too. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, they've added a free gift wrap option called the Wrap of Con that you can select to check out. That way your triple gift will go to its recipient recipient beautifully wrapped, and they'll even make sure there aren't any triple references on the box either. So it'll be kind of a big surprise for someone. Huge surprise. Now, you can get $5 off a triple right now at sciencediv.com during their holiday sale. And for a limited time, because you're listening to Trek Geeks, you can save even more on your triple adoption. At checkout, use the special discount code GOBBLE. I was not expecting you to do that. That's gobble. G-O-B-B-L-E in all capital letters for an additional $5 off your triple, bringing the cost down to 59 bucks. I mean, that's amazing. Between the holiday seal and the Trek Geeks discount code, uh, you're just you're going to save some, some money, but you've got to act fast. This exclusive Trek Geeks code is good until Wednesday, November 25th, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Hey, and if you want to find out about our special exclusive deals from Science Division this holiday season, be sure to subscribe to their email newsletter by going to sciencediv.com and subscribing at the bottom of the page. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. And we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. Episode 14 (laughs) is Memorial. Chicote, Tom Paris, Harry Kim, and Neelix begin to experience horrific flashbacks after an away mission, Bill. 
Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, this one for me, believe it or not, is a see it. This is another one of those episodes to me that feels like it could have been pulled out of TNG, but I honestly don't think TNG could have done this one as much justice. I think this one is perfectly written for the Voyager crew. Plus, this episode has, has echoes of the original series, too, which is why I think I like it so much, right down to an obelisk in the middle of a field. I'm there for it all day long, Dan. Well, you know, there's a first time for everything on Trek Geeks uh, and on Cedar Skip It, and, and this is the first time that I have ever had a an episode where two in a row, no clue, <laughs> none whatsoever. I even, as I was going through my list today to make sure I was all ready for, for recording tonight, I went and I read the, re the reviews and the synopsis for the episode. No clue. No idea what this episode was. I'm really going to have to sit down and watch it because I have no idea. Sorry. I'm, that's not really being a completist, but that's where I am. So I'm that, guessing that's a skip it then. Oh, yeah, that's a skip it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I would say see it. I think it does have some powerful storytelling. Um, I do strongly disagree with their decision to repair the memorial and leave it there for more people to experience this. I think that I think the original people who set that up were should not have done it in the first place. And I don't think that Voyager should have repaired it. I should think they should have turned it off. But that's a whole other thing. And. That's for a different podcast entirely. <laughs> Maybe one about Voyager. I think oh, we know someone who has yeah, one of exactly. those. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Camp Kinnemer, 67.3% uh, of the folks who saw Memorial said they would see it. So that's uh, just over two-thirds, which is kind of interesting. Um, I, I love to see how they vote, I got to say. What, yeah. You know? I know. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Thad, it's all up to you, and uh, hopefully uh, you've got your WWE entrance music all queued up for the next one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Episode 15, Sunkatsi. Seven of Nine and Tuvok are kidnapped while on a shore leave, and Seven is forced to fight in, gladiatorial, in a gladiatorial... Oh, boy. Uh, See, it's not that easy, is it? <laughs> 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 all right, Dan. All right, well, this is this is a definite see it for me. I mean, Jeffrey Combs, J.G. Hertzler, The Rock, three great things in life. I mean, this is fun. And even though it's fun, it gives us a seven no-win scenario again. Hertzler just shines in this episode as the Herogen Hunter and tournament champion. And it just seems destiny that the death match is seven versus this champion. She's thrust into this just impossible situation um, that she has to fight the guy that has helped her survive while she's been captive. And it's just a great story, Bill. Oh, 100%. I would see this one all day long. I love it. Not just because of The Rock, although I can smell what he's cooking, thanks, and it smells delicious. <laughs> not just because of Jeffrey Combs, not just because of J.G. Hertzler, but this episode is like an indictment of cable television to me, <laughs> and I am here for it, Thad. I absolutely love this episode. It is, yeah, it's just fantastic. Jeffrey Combs and J.G. Hertzler, what's not to like? And The Rock is really good in one of his very first acting credits yeah yeah yep it's amazing what he's done since then um oh yeah yeah he's, he's in everything i turn around and the rock is is there most followed man on instagram i've heard oh um <laughs> and i hear his tequila is pretty fantastic by the way dan i will definitely have to try it. i loved him in moana 
I'm going to say that right now. Is that a oh, Disney thing? Yeah, uh, okay. Pixar. Yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Disney, no, actually, Pixar, it's not whatever. Pixar. It's Disney Animation. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, great. Disney Nerds Sorry. podcast no. coming to the Trek Geeks podcast network in 2030. <laughs> um, Camp Kittimer, three I mean, out of three out of four. Like, literal 75% said they would see Sunkatsi. Um, and I think it's probably just for the rock. I'm just, let's be honest. Dude's amazing. <laughs> and of course the signature eyebrow move in the episode is fantastic as well. Oh, he also so gets nice. a people's elbow in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And a little, little trivia fact, this episode was almost called arena, but oh. then they realized there already is an episode of star Trek called arena. They had to it's, realize that it's the second time this season they had to do that because blink of an eye was almost wink of an wink eye. Of an eye. Yep. Um, I, Kind of weird that it happened twice in the same season. So I like Sunkatsi as a name better anyway, Thad. Yeah. I can't. Uh, I don't even yeah. try to pronounce it. It's more distinctive. It is. Uh, episode 16, Collective. Chicote, Kim, Paris, and Neelix are taken hostage when the Delta Flyer is captured by bored children in a derelict cube. Bill. <laughs> oh, wait. I need my tick sheet. Hold on. <laughs> this is number five on the season. Skip it. Meh. Computer, delete the Borg children. Ouch. Dan. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm close to that. Um, I gave it a see it, and I gave it a see it barely. And this may be the wrong reason to decide on whether to see or skip an episode, but it's the first Icheb episode, and I don't really care for the character too much, but seeing him again in Picard and seeing what happened to him made me appreciate the character a tiny bit more. Um, but to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of tired of Borg stories about drones that have been severed from the collective. It started with Hugh, and in my opinion, it's been overdone on Voyager way too much. And when you think about it, starting with Seven. Uh, Thad? Uh, this is a see it for me because it starts the arc of the Borg children, which continues on through multiple episodes. So I feel like you have to see it. Uh, I don't think it's that good of an episode. It's fine, uh, but it's not amazing. But yeah, I would say it, I would say it is a see it just because of its importance in the overall narrative. Okay. Yeah, and I think Camp Kittimer agrees with you. Eighty point eight percent of respondents oh. said they would see collective. Um, and it's probably for the, the kids arc, to be honest. I mean, it does start the thread of the, these stories as much as I want to delete those kids. <laughs> well, Other than that, I've got no strong feelings, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have some strong feelings on this next episode. Uh, 17, Spirit Folk. Problems arise from running the holographic Irish village of Fairhaven nonstop when a malfunction leads to the holographic characters becoming self-aware. Dan. Oh, good. You're going to go with me first. Good. Um, huh, Jesus. <laughs> Skip it. And I put in all capital letters, worst episode of the season. Uh, not only is this a holodeck gone wrong story, it somehow manages to pretty much feature every holodeck cliche in the book. And here's my problem. The episode features way too much on the holodeck characters themselves. I don't care about them. They're not part of the show. They're not real. They're never going to be seen again. And I think it was just a wasted filler episode. Now, some may argue that the doctor should be in this description of why I don't like the episode, but the doctor's different in my opinion. He's like the Moriarty in Next Generation. He's aware of his existence. He's like Data as well in that there's always an exception to the rule. 
Plus, he's on the show every week. And, you know, Tom Paris, grow up, dude. Turning the girl into a cow right as Harry's going to kiss her. It's just stupid. Bill? Wait, are you saying Bill's just stupid or the episode yeah. is just stupid, comma, Bill? Bill? <laughs> well, uh, guys, let me uh, update my tick sheet here. It's rare that I have two of these in a row back to back twice in a season. But here we are. Skip it. Meh. Computer. Delete everything Fairhaven, even the one in Connecticut, Thad. <laughs> All right, so I will defend Fairhaven till my dying breath, but I have no defense for Spirit Folk. Oh, good. <laughs> I was a little worried there for a second. Same here. <laughs> so is that a skip it for you then? Oh, skip it hard. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to be sure. I wanted to be fair. Maybe you'd still watch it because it's a companion piece, but no, it's just terrible. Uh, Camp Kittimer, um, slightly warmer to spirit folk than they were uh, Fairhaven. So you'll recall that Fairhaven was 36.5% for the lowest rating of the season. Spirit folk, 38.5%. Slightly higher. Way to go, Camp. Well, Dan, I, I want to think... meet that person who doesn't want to watch Fairhaven but wants to watch Spirit Folk. <laughs> Somebody probably left it blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's probably what drove the average up. But uh, but yeah, Camp Kittimer never ceases to amaze. And um, um, yeah, there we are, Thad. All right. Well, episode 18, Ashes to Ashes. A deceased crew member resurfaces claiming to have been resurrected by an alien race who have since adopted her. Bill. Uh, this one for me, an absolute 100% uh, you know, unqualified see it. I love this episode. Um, uh, like, I, I can't stress how much I love this episode. This one for me is probably top three on the season. I only wish we'd actually seen a lot of Lindsay Ballard several years ago to give this one even more weight. Yeah. The episode is good the way it is, but I think they could have really made it the best episode of the season by really just giving it that extra push a few years back, Dan. Yeah, I agree, man. I gave this one a C, and I really like the story here. Uh, Like you said, Ensign Ballard, just wonderfully portrayed by Kim Rhodes, comes back to Voyager three years after being killed by the Herogen and then revived by the Kabali, who transform her into one of their own, and then she comes back to human form through the episode— but here's my only rub with this episode, and it's not enough to knock it down at all, is Voyager hadn't run into the Herogen three years ago. Well, these things happen. No. No, they do. <laughs> just a little, I mean, it's just a little continuity, continuity error, which it doesn't bother me at all because this episode is so strong. But yeah, Herogen. <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> Thad, what about you? It is a continuity error, but you know... Star Trek is full of them. So uh, I I definitely agree with pretty much everything you both said. I, I really enjoy this episode. I don't have much more to add, actually, because you also you described it pretty well. Well, every now and then we get one right, Dad. So um, it's uh, we get lucky. It's better lucky than good. Right, Dan? Sure. Lord knows you haven't been good in some time. Camp <laughs> Kittimer says that 69.2% of the people who saw the episode would indeed tell others to see it, which I think is high praise for an episode like this. Yeah. Um, this one's just great storytelling. What can I say? So on to episode 19, Mr. Guest Host. Child's Play, 
The family of Echeb, one of the Borg children, is found, but he is reluctant to rejoin them. Seven, too, is reluctant for him to leave the ship, and his parents are concealing the real reason for desiring his return. Dan. Yeah, this is another skip it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I have so many skip it's this season. I'm just not a fan of Borg children episodes. And who is it that says children episodes of Star Trek are never really great? Oh, yeah, everyone. So <laughs> skip it, Bill. <laughs> um, let me get out the tick sheet. Hold on. Got to get ready. Uh, that's number seven on the season as far as skip it. Meh. Computer. Delete each Eb and his family now. <laughs> um, other than that, again, no strong feelings, That Well, that might happen I'm starting later. starting to feel like Jim Morehouse here because I keep thinking all these episodes are good and you don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really just because I hate the Borg kids. I think that's really what it comes down to. I, I actually really like John's play because I think it's probably the best of any of the Borg children episodes um, because it's the interesting story where it turns out that Echeb was genetically engineered to defeat the Borg and they were going to sacrifice him. I, I find that kind of compelling and I enjoy this episode. Well, and that's cool. Um, 76 point, I'm sorry, 71.2% of respondents in Camp Kittimer agree with you. So it looks like uh, you're definitely in the majority here, Thad, along with uh, people in Camp Kittimer. But let's be honest, they also liked spirit folk. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow I know wow that was great uh, thank you thank you uh, on to episode 20 <laughs> cruising through this Good Shepherd three crew members who are underperforming are taken on a mission three crew members who are underperforming are taken on a mission by Janeway Bill well, let's see. This one for me is a see it. I really kind of enjoy this one. It's got a bit of a lower decks vibe to it, but there's really kind of more on the line here for everybody and not just for Ensign Cito like on TNG. Plus, I'm not going to lie. It's really kind of cool to see that cameo from Tom Morello early on, um, which I, I really kind of dig. So that, uh, it's a see it for me, Dan. Yeah, I gave this one a see it as well. I, I totally agree with you, man. This is the Voyager version of TNG's Lower Decks and Star Trek's ver Voyager's version of Lower Decks, the wonderful animated series that we just talked about for 13 weeks. I really like this episode. It's, it's, it's fun. You get to see Janeway a little bit different than what we're used to seeing her, um, and I really enjoy it, Thad. I agree. I love this episode. I... I would also call it Voyager's Lower Decks, and it's just, it's a very entertaining episode. It's nice to see crew crew members that we don't see, to see people who aren't part of the main cast and actually get some character development on other people, and yeah, I, I think it's a very good episode, and I think Janeway is excellent as Captain Janeway. Yeah. I've heard she's pretty good at it. Um... <laughs> This one is 76.9% of respondents from Camp Kittimer would see Good Shepherd. I just, uh, I think that says a lot about how just, how, how much of a solid episode it is. I yeah. definitely want to watch that. All right. Well, next up we have Live Fast and Prosper. Con artists impersonate Janeway and Tuvok. Dan. Yeah, this one's a see it for me. And I got two words. Caitlin freaking Hopkins. That's three words. Uh, I, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, you know, I talked about how much I loved her as Kalana on DS9's The Ship 
uh, just recently, and I I really love her here too. Now I, I will say the story's a little weak. It does have some cliches, but I'm really willing to overlook them. Um, it was interesting how they were able to download the Voyager database so easily to come up with their plans of deception, though. But doesn't matter because. I think she's fantastic. I really wish we had more of this actress in all of Star Trek. She's great. I really wish you'd tell us how you feel and just stop yeah. skirting the issue. Sorry. Um, this one for me is a see it, but barely. Um, the premise of this episode to me is just a little bit ridiculous, but it's fun to watch. I'm really kind of amazed that these people decide to be, you know, uh, to impersonate, you know, the Voyager crew and be con men. But when I consider that Dan Davidson has been impersonating a, a good podcaster for about six years now, I guess it's it's kind of kind of easy to see why it works then. <laughs> yeah, but no one would believe that Dan is a good podcaster. That's right? actually true. Yeah, dude, <laughs> he's sitting right there, Thad. <laughs> wow, I used to like you. So uh, yeah, I, I this is a see it for me. I, I think it's a fun episode. Uh, I enjoy the. I enjoy the not quite accurate Starfleet uniforms that they yeah. wear that yeah. just right. make me think of any time I go to a convention. Uh, and <laughs> it's it's great. I, I just enjoy it a lot. Well, and Camp Kittimer really enjoys it a lot. 73.1% of folks said that they would see Live Fast and Prosper. Oh, solid rating. It's just, um, I, know, I know I'm in the minority on this one. What can I say? Nothing. Okay. All right. Well, next up, we've got Muse. Torres is stranded on a Bronze Age planet after a crash in the Delta Flyer, where she helps a playwright adapt the story of Voyager to the stage. Also, Kim is missing in an escape pod. Bill. I love how the description is like, also, Kim is suffering yeah. somewhere. I didn't write this. <laughs> uh, this one for me is a see it. I actually really kind of dig this one. And Balan is the perfect character to be the focus of this particular episode. It has the right mix for me of interesting character moments and some lighthearted beats to really make it shine, Dan. Um, uh, also, Kim is still an ensign. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to give this one a skip it. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Um I love Bellana Torres, but I feel that a lot of the Bellana centric episodes they just never really wow me. And this one is is in that list. This one's kind of a snoozer for me. It, it it doesn't do anything for me, and there really wasn't anything that standed out to be honest. And I'm 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 sad to have to say that because I really like Bellana, Bill. You know, it's interesting to me. I want to know what a minor potty is. I can read your copy. Oh yeah, and is a minor potty a small toilet? Minority. I'm just it's checking. Yes, yeah, so, see, and and I will say that one of the things that I don't like about Excel is that it doesn't have <laughs> spell check automatically in it. It wouldn't matter so with I'd, you anyway. No, because I'd see the red squiggly line and I'd fix it. But and you'd ignore it. Thousands of errors in this spreadsheet. <laughs> Thad, why don't you stop him from embarrassing me further? <laughs> he does it to himself. Uh, I, I, I as do. As if I could. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. Anyway. Uh, I really like this episode. When I first saw it, I didn't. I thought it was stupid. But it's one of those episodes that I've come to really enjoy over the years, having rewatched it a few times. And I, I think it's fun. Well, okay, fun's the wrong word. But it is entertaining, and it is a very interesting episode. There's a lot of heart in this episode, and I appreciate the way Bellana realizes the challenge before her and what she has to do to get out of it. 
Um, I think the Bolano of three or four years ago would have said, screw this, I'm going to stab everybody. Um, and she really, you know, thinks about this and, and does the right thing, which is what I really like. 53.9% of the respondents in Camp Kittimer said they would see Muse. So they're almost, almost straight down the middle on this one. Hmm. Um, they could take or leave it. So like I could take or leave Dan. Dad. Knew that was coming. Pretty much. All right. Episode 23, Fury, a much older and more powerful Kess returns to Voyager and attempts to travel back in time to change her history. Dan. Sorry, I was watching Bill. Um, Fury is kind of how I feel every time the camera turns on when I record with Bill, but I'm giving this one a skip it. I thought at the beginning of the episode that it was going to be great. We have Janeway acting all stern and upset with Tuvok, and then it just she's joking with him to wish him a happy birthday. And then, oh my God, Kes shows up, and then there's the teaser of her walking down the corridor and it's just exploding behind her. Wow, this is going to be great. Yeah, no, because after the opening credits, it was just trash. It was a terrible time story, and I got to feel bad for Jennifer. She suffered from bad cast stories when she was a regular on the show. Then they decide to bring her back one more time, and they give her this garbage. I just, I, I hate this episode, Bill. Yeah, so here we are. I just updated my tick count. You can see it here. Um, for the eighth time this season, which is unprecedented, Dan. Mm-hmm. This has never happened before. Never. Skip it. Meh. Computer. Delete Cass. For the love of the great bird of the galaxy, delete her now. Wow. No strong feelings, Thad. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm also a skip it on this one. Although I will say when I rewatched it for this episode, I found things in it that I liked that I wasn't expecting. Like I liked it a little bit more than I thought I did, but I still don't like it enough to watch it again. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I found something I liked about the episode too. It was the the fast forward button. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one actually almost straight down the middle with Camp Kittimer as well. Forty eight point one percent said they would see it. So sub fifty percent. That's a little different for the the down the middle. But um, I'm actually surprised as many people would see this one as they as they said they would do. Yeah, I, I agree. It's. Like I said, I I just feel so bad for Jennifer because we, we talked about it before. She literally she literally got kicked off the show so they could bring in Jerry, and that's yeah. a, that's my opinion. And then they bring her back. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, let's bring her back for another episode," and you know, we'll give her a real good farewell because the gift was kind of lame. And this is what they come back with, and it, it was just so. It was just it was just such a disservice to her. I think. Uh, I can't disagree one bit. So Thad, here we are. We're we're in the home stretch, buddy. You uh, you doing okay? You need a you need a hug or something? I think I can make it. <laughs> okay. Episode twenty four, Lifeline. The Doctor's creator, Louis Zimmerman, is dying in the Alpha Quadrant from a disease similar to the Vidian phage. The Doctor's compressed matrix is transferred to Zimmerman's lab on the Jupiter station to assist Mister Barkley and Counselor Troy in attempting to treat the illness. Bill. This one for me is a see it, although I, I don't love this episode. I'm going to be candid, largely because I think it, it seems like just filler to me. I feel like they had a series of checkboxes and they said, oh, we can do this and we can do this. And they wrote to that. But I still think it's largely worth watching, even though I, uh, I, I'm not in love with what happens here, Dan. 
Okay, yeah, no, that's cool. I appreciate that. I gave it a see it. It's actually one of my favorite episodes of the whole season. Interesting. I, and and I think the reason is because of Picardo. He's great just as the Doc, but to see him as Doc Zimmerman, um, you got that stubbornness of the real person, and then you know dealing with himself as the EMH. It's just really great here. You get double Picardo when you think about it, and the story I think is wonderful. Plus, you get Barkley again. Plus, you get Troy again. I think it's fantastic that. I enjoy this episode. Uh, I mean, as I said, I, I really like Barkley, and I think he's good in this episode. And I think uh, Voyager is actually some of Deanna Troy's best episodes, too, in yeah. addition to Barkley's best episodes. Uh, and I, I very much enjoy this. And Bob Picardo is just a very good actor, and I love him pretty much anytime he gets to do a lot of stuff. I, I don't disagree with you, although I have to say I love Dwight Schultz in this episode more than I love Bob Picardo. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah, That's because I, I, I don't like the Zimmerman character. I think it's a little too over the top with the brusqueness. Um, he makes Jet Reno look almost, you know, downright fun. Let me ask you this, guys. Do you like him better in this episode than, or, or worse in this episode than when he was in DS9? I like the DS9 treatment of the character better um, okay. because he was arrogant, but in this one, he's just insufferable to me. Yeah. Okay, I got you. I think, and I agree with that, uh, but I think the reason he's insufferable, it's to it's deliberate to show that he's, you know, dealing with the fact that he's dying. Oh, and sure, sure. I, I, I can see that. It's just it, that this treatment of the character just doesn't work for me. But it's still, I'd see it. I can, I can understand that that might be the way he is. It still doesn't excuse why Bill's like that to me because he's not dying. But anyway. As far as you know. <laughs> this got dark. Look at that. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> I know. Uh, Thad, you better save us by t- telling us a ghost story. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> episode 25. The Haunting of Deck 12. As Voyager travels through a nebula, all ship's power is turned off, giving Neelix an opportunity to tell the Borg children a ghost story. Bill. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. Let me get the, <laughs> the post-it pad of reckoning. Oh, my God. Warm up the pan. Put the little tick mark there, and this is the last one of the season, guys. Here we are. This is the ninth meh I've given to an episode. I've never had a season with that many mehs, so here we go. Officially, skip it. Meh. Computer. Airlock the kids. Talk about getting dark. (laughs) Dan. Good Lord. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. Um, I am going to give it a skip it. We just talked about this at length last month when we did our, quote, Halloween episode. Sadly. It's just just not a standout episode for me. And I gave everyone, uh, it was a spoiler alert then, that I would definitely give this a skip it for the see it or skip it episode. And and I'm staying true to that. It's dull. Um, It's got some good Neelix moments, but it just doesn't rise to the level of a see it in any way, shape, or form for me. Dear Thad. I agree. I do not like this episode. I wouldn't go so far as to murder the children, but I don't like it. Murder is a strong word. I, I wouldn't two vix them. Um, but oh my goodness! <laughs> well, see what I did there. Oh, wow! <laughs> I just uh, want you to know that seventy-one percent of respondents, seventy-one point two to be exact, said that they would see the haunting of Deck Twelve. 
Yeah. I'm going to, okay, we're going to call a um, mandatory camp meeting with our campers. I think we need to have a chat. You'll do no such thing, sir, and you will like it. (laughs) Well, Thad, here we are. We're at the season finale. You've made it through 25 of 26. You haven't gotten up and walked out in a fit of disgust yet because of Dan's conduct. And for that, sir, I salute you. I mean, I've been tempted, but... uh, (laughs) That's me every day, brother. Episode 26, Unimatrix Zero Part 1. Janeway, Bellana, and Tuvok infiltrate a Borg cube in an attempt to save Borg drones who are trying to develop individuality. Damn. There we go. So, yeah, you know what? I'm giving this uh, this season finale a see it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the idea of a wonderful, peaceful place in the collective where drones can go to be free is just off to me, no matter how they explain it away, as one in a million drones have this ability. Um, and oh, it's just so damn convenient that seven is one of those one in a million drones. Um, but still, we get to see Susanna Thompson again as the queen, who is marvelous. And oh, yeah, uh, Janeway, Bellana, and Tuvok get assimilated at the end, regardless of what happens in part two, Bill. Yeah, this one for me is actually a see it. Despite the idiocy of partial assimilation, (laughs) which I have had problems with since I watched this in first run, I say see this episode because it's pretty awesome despite that one particular aspect. It's a great season finale, and here's hoping the second part of this one doesn't break my two-parters rule that I referenced back at the beginning of the show. See what I did? I did a callback right at the end. It's like I dialed it in from home. But no, this is a see it for me, Thad. I, for the first time, am going to have to disagree with you guys in the negative. Oh, my goodness. Skip it. I, you guys mentioned earlier that Voyager goes back to the Borg well too often, and I absolutely agree with it. Mm -hmm. This is a quintessential example of that. I don't think it's a very interesting story, and I could do without it. Uh, And I don't. I mean, spoilers for season seven. I don't think they redeem it in the second part either. I I would be willing to skip both and just end the season with Lifeline and pick up season seven with episode two. So are you officially giving this a meh? I am giving this a meh. Yes. There you go. That I knew you would be assimilated (laughs) by the meh. It's interesting. (laughs) I might be giving a little bit of a spoiler away here, but chances are I'm not going to be as... Um, forgiving in part two as I am with part one because there are a lot of things in part one that I don't like like this whole peaceful place I think even with the idea of the partial assimilation just the cliffhanger of seeing the three of them assimilated is enough to shock you into like oh my god we have to wait a whole summer to see what happens I think it was more of a visual shock than if you really think about this whole partial assimilation thing so I can but see it both ways. Here's the thing, though. It doesn't shock me at all, though. What shocked me was when it happened in Next Generation at the end of Season 3. Oh, absolutely. When you see Picard assimilated by the Borg, your world is shook. Mm-hmm. When you see Janeway and Tuvok and Bellana assimilated, you're like, oh, okay, somebody gets assimilated at the season finale again. <laughs> it's a little also ran, quite honestly. Well, that's um, a good point. And then partial assimilation, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But you think that with Data and Dr. Crusher on board the Enterprise, they wouldn't have thought of that back then? Dude, How many times have I said one of the things that drove me crazy about Voyager, and this is a negative aspect of the show, which I still have not gotten over to this day. They made the most terrifying villain in Star Trek history nothing. And this may be a good example of it. 
partial assimilation like you're talking about, a little heaven for the Borg drones to go to so that they can be free of what their life is like uh, as a drone. It's This is an example, even though I gave it a see it, of how they wussified the Borg. And we've talked about that a hundred times over the yeah. last few years. Well, gentlemen, you might be surprised to learn that Camp Kittimer tied this episode for the second highest rating of the season at 96.2% responding in the affirmative. This is when Thad gets up in disgust. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's throwing down his chair. He's he's kicking his Christmas tree. Thad, calm down. (laughs) Oh, Chakotay just folded over. Oh, well. Chakotay is shaking his head at this. Chakotay folded over all seven seasons of Voyager, let's be honest. Akuchi Moya. Well, gentlemen, let me talk to... I'm not saying this cardboard has as much character as Chakotay, but I'm not saying it doesn't. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's definitely got more intelligence than Dan does. That's Um, true. Gentlemen, let's talk totals. And I just happen to have them here in my hot little hands. Uh, Dan, you had actually the lowest number of see-its on the season at 16 out of 26 for 61.54%. Disappointing. Uh, lower than last season, but on yeah. par with some of the earlier seasons of Voyager that we've done. Mm. With my nine skip it slash mez, I actually had two more see it's than you did with 18 out of 26 for 69.23%, which actually I'm surprised by. I thought I thought you liked more of them than I did, but apparently I was yeah. wrong and I can't count. No, uh-huh. that's okay. Thad, you actually rule the day, and I'm not surprised, <laughs> with 21 out of 26 episodes as I see it for a percentage of 80.77% way to go, sir. I knew you had it in you. Very well done. Very well <laughs> the done. Golf clap. Golf clap. Well, yes, Thad. absolutely. Yep. Thad, thank you so much for conducting us through season six. Absolutely. Uh, we were supposed to have you on to do an earlier season and we screwed it up. So we're glad that we were able to work it out to have you come back. And we hope that you'll come back again sometime. Um, Absolutely. For a deep dive on a Voyager episode or really Deep Space Nine or really whatever you want. We'll make that happen sometime during 2021. I'd love to come back. Yeah. Where well, can people find slash stock slash interact with you online? Uh, best place would be on Twitter. I am very active and tweet a lot about Star Trek. Yes, uh, yes. I am I, at Tyrannicus on Twitter. That's T-Y-R-A-N-I-C-U-S. You can also listen to me on Delta Flyer. We have been on hiatus for like two years now, but we do still talk about coming back. We really are going to come back. Uh, and that is a Voyager rewatch podcast. We've done the first two seasons, and we will continue and do the rest of them at some point. You absolutely will, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, now that Dan and I are both confirmed Voyager fans, so uh, if anything, you've got two more people interested in what you're going to put out. So let's make it happen, Captain. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I made a little rhyme. <laughs> a little rhyme. That was good. Bye. Thanks. Well, Dan, of course, thanks to Thad, and of course, thanks to the band Five Year Mission. Mm. Without whom, I mean, I feel like I say that every week, but it's it's definitely true. Without their music, Trek Geeks would just be your irritating, uh, spine-decalcifying voice, and nobody wants to hear just that. Their music is so great. We want everyone to go out to fiveyearmission.net, get all their albums, get those CDs sent to your house, buy them for your loved ones as stocking stuffers if you want, because they are fantastic. We guarantee you're going to become such a great fan. Dan, how many times have we had people say to us online on social media, and even in Vegas, oh my God. I started listening to Five Year Mission because of you guys, and they're they're amazing. 
3,267 times. That's, I think that's accurate. Yeah, I got it right here on my counter. The five-year mission reference counter. I got it right here on my watch. It's an app. Oh, wow. I didn't know you could program things. That's more surprising. But fiveyearmission.net, go get all their CDs, become a huge fan of the band. And if you listen to Five Year Mission, the podcast this week, you might hear a familiar voice talking about Star Trek podcasts. Yes, I did hear a familiar voice, and I loved the Farkism slash Danism conversation at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Um, so my voice is, is uh, spinal decalcifying, is what you're saying. Sort of yeah. like Quince nails on a chalkboard. You might say from Jaws, which oh. you saw recently. There you go. That's oh. my voice. Anyway, um, you know, you and every Trek Geeks listener, Bill, knows that I am no fan of the Kazon. Is that That's accurate? Cr- that is one hundred percent accurate. I just think they're no good. They they kind of suck, to be honest. But Seska, on the other hand, now I have really grown to like that character and her deviousness. And and this episode that I'm talking about shows just how evil she is. You remember this one. She starts sending messages to the Kazon to help them plan on kidnapping band members and taking over all music in the quadrant. I mean, the Kazon had really nothing better to do because they're dumb. Um, You know, she's a traitor, a voyager, and her captain. But most importantly, she stole mushrooms from Neelix's kitchen to make soup for her ex-lover Chakotay. Bad, Seska. Bad. You remember this one. It's season one, which is trouble in itself. It's episode 11, State of Farks. I, yes, wow. yes. State of Farks. Yes, that is, and she's bad, Seska. I, bad. Wow. No, what's really, what's really bad is that Farkism. No. Far, no. I would think that with <laughs> Thanksgiving coming, you might actually bring something a, a little more thankful. Bring something to the table? <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> Why start now? <laughs> Why start now? Uh, but that's fiveyearmission.net. Please become huge fans of the band because we are too, and uh, we guarantee you'll love it. Don't forget, too, that you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon, where you can get all kinds of special exclusive perks, Daniel. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, we just sent out this year's rewards to our Patreon subscribers. They've been posting pictures on Twitter and Facebook, and we love it. The annual supporters pin produced by our friends at Fansets, our annual t-shirt, a whole bunch of other perks. Uh, right now, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are just so grateful for their support. So thank you so much, Dave Andrews, Vikram Bhatt, Luke Burnham. Oh, they're going to have some singing in the background. Have we not heard the bells, bells at, midnight, at midnight, Captain? Yes, very nice. All right, where was I? Vikram Bhatt, Luke Burnham. Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Brooke Horton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Mollenkoff, Shane Murray, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Blake Strike, Tim Serdar, Heather Sohn, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Trey Womack, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. Uh, without a doubt. Of course, we also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Rachel Delaney, Craig Ewing, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambast, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Dan, next week we're going to travel back 
back in time to an early episode of The Next Generation for some deep diving. Yeah, we are. And I got to admit, man, when I saw this on the schedule, I was actually quite intrigued. Uh, I'll definitely be giving this a couple of rewatches, and then maybe after six hours, I'll go back and watch it again because, you know, the episode. Um, Next week, the crew is caught in a time warp when they find Picard's double on a Federation shuttle that is six hours ahead of the Enterprise, and he is the only survivor of the ship's total destruction. (laughs) It. It's season two's Time Squared on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks podcast network. I'm going to spoiler alert this right now. I love this episode, and I've always loved this episode. All right. I I don't uh, remember how I voted on it. (laughs) um, I don't remember how I voted on it, but uh, I I love it because it is just such a great science fiction story. Um, Plus, double the Patrick Stewart. What do you ever go wrong with that? And when he's he's just waking up from the future, he's like... (laughs) Can't really talk, and it's kind of funny. It's like, I wish you would be like all the time. Hey, for more great Star Trek discussion, <laughs> please check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to Rewind with Haley and Sarah, Politrex with Barry and Shashank, and Five Year Mission, the podcast with, wait for it, Five Year Mission, you can also hear the brand new Deep Space Pride with Mike Thurlow and Johnson Lee, as well as Infinite Trek with Aaron Harvey and Brandy Jackala. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 239 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper, and happy Thanksgiving. There's coconut in that nebula, Bill. Coconut. No, there's not. Yum. No. No, it's coffee. And pumpkin pie. Coconut coffee? No. Coconut cream pie? (laughs) Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Bing bong from 80 degrees. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, it was 29 here when I got up this morning with the wind chill. It was like it was 15. I know. Sue was telling me how bad the wind was because she had to do something outside this morning. She wasn't thrilled. <laughs> I had to take Abby for a walk this morning. It, uh, I was not pleased. No. Um, it, I, I shouldn't say 80. I think it's more like 76. But Shut whatever. up. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it is. Last night we went out to uh, drive around in the golf carts around the villages area just to just to see it. It's really, it's really nice down here. The houses are, the houses are gorgeous. I believe it. Can you do me a favor? Can you turn your, your gain on your microphone down a little bit? Down a little bit. There we go. How's that there, you strapper? Well, get a little closer to it like you okay. were. Okay. How's that? <laughs>
That's that's better. You okay. can go back to normal position now. Okay, so. thank you. You're just a little hot. Uh, you know, I am. That's that's the way it goes. Yeah, Can't my eyeballs it. are on fire. Uh, yes, that's what happens when you're hot. Because <laughs> you're hot. <laughs> Jam. Jam on. Jam on. Jam on whole wheat? Jam <laughs> I like uh, peanut butter and jam. Peanut butter and jelly time. I didn't sing it, so it's still okay. Is that a is real song you, anyway? I think it, well, technically it, it is IP owned by oh, okay. somebody. Probably right. CBS. Uh, yeah, uh, probably. They don't have anything else. I know, uh, right? Yeah. They're the um, Amazon uh, uh, slash Skynet of the entertainment industry. Um, I'm convinced that Google is Skynet, and we're all just not even paying attention to them. Everyone's worried about Amazon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's Google that's going to be in control of everything. Google Apple Con. Zon. Uh, Apple doesn't have the wherewithal to participate they, at that level. They have kind of like, not that they've fallen off, but you know, when I think of the big car- companies eating up the globe, it's Amazon and Google these days. Yeah. Well, it's because Apple's not a, Apple's not a technology yeah. company. One more thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding that's what steve jobs used to do you know the, yeah oh, I, I don't know i've never watched a oh, okay i never watched a jobs presentation they, they make they make computers but really that's about it uh. you know I, they make devices let's put it that way devices whereas uh, amazon and google are the two leading players in cloud compute so player what is <laughs> i don't like what florida has done to you <laughs> well that's all right you should see me in my sandals and white socks no, I'm just kidding. I don't have that. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to dinner at the Sizzler at 4 p.m. every day? <laughs> no. Although I did have a um, strawberry lemon drop with dinner last night. <laughs> did you make it? No. No. It was a. It was a. It was a cocktail that I ordered. Did your parents give you the AARP discount? <laughs> oh, I can get that on my own. Oh, believe me, with all the AARP mail crap that I get because my dad's name and mine is similar. They know me. <laughs> I've been getting AARP uh, mailings to get me to join since I was 37. I'm like, I, wait a second. I have like 30 years of working left. And of course, now that's not true anymore. Right. That's exactly right. I also get all kinds of, e- of mail all the time that is supposed to go to my dad, I think, for hearing aids. What? Exactly. I get those two when I have for years. Don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe they listen to the podcast. What? <laughs> I, I talk. Don't talk good much. Yeah. I'd appreciate if you just didn't talk at all. Oh, wow. That'll be a fun show. For a lot of people, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but, you know, mm-hmm. your ears make grass. I'm sorry. Your voice makes grass stop growing. My ears make grass. I was going to say, I was thinking your voice makes my ears bleed, but um, I'm well past that. Your voice makes grass stop growing. Wow. Yeah. That's a... Uh, that's really all I have to say. Thank I've you. Actually, I'm kind of bummed we missed the top of the hour chime at your, at your folks' house. Oh, that's all right. We'll get the quarter past one because it goes off four times an hour. All night long. Yeah, all night long, Lionel Richie. Absolutely. Yeah. That would drive me crazy. Mm. Well, as they say, they're, they've, they've had it, they had it in their house in New Hampshire, so they have it here. They don't even hear it. Whereas I hear every single one at quarter past, it's a little tune. It's half past, it's a little longer. Three quarters, a little longer. And then the full-fledged music at top of the hour, plus the bongs for our, uh, whatever time it is. So, you know, after like 8 o'clock and 9, 10, 11, 12, you, you just kind of basically want to put a hatchet through the glass. But um, that's just me. So I pretend that's you, uh, and I want to put a hatchet through your face. So did they have that clock when you were a kid? 
Um, when I was a teenager, I think. It's been in the house for a long, 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 long time. It was there at Browning when I was growing up in my later years. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, you know, they got they brought all their stuff down here. I, it's nice to see that they've been busy because um, all our uh, my wedding picture and my sister's wedding picture and Don and Melinda's picture are still on the floor right in front of me here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have, well, I don't know. I can't give them too much crap for that because I have loads and loads and loads of framed things that will just never make the wall. Oh, but I will say that the picture of the Eastern Airlines 727 <laughs> and Dad in his uniform and CJ in his uniform and Don in his uniform are all hung up. So, you know, priorities. So the important things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's almost Thanksgiving. It is. I'm thankful did, for that. How did this happen? Um, 2020. I... <laughs> I feel like I blinked. Well, I've been home for eight months now, so have you. Yes. I feel like I blinked and, and I missed uh, summer and fall. Yeah. It's blink of an eye or wink of an eye. Oh, Whichever funny. one. It's funny. I just mentioned that because, you know, the episode. <laughs> yeah. As, as people had just heard. And I would like to um, to engage you in a Sunkatsi style combat so that I could fight nice. you to the death. That's okay. I would reign victorious. I would not even doubt that for a second. I would just like say, just do it, man. Just, you know, make everybody happy. Just here. I I won't even do anything. I'll just lean my head forward so you can just come down on my neck. How's that? See, I thought you were going to invoke a little Michael Jackson and go, Paul, I think I told you. I'm a lover, not a fighter. (laughs) You do that quote far often more than I do. I know. I don't believe it. You don't believe that you're a lover, not a fighter? The girl is mine. <laughs> I got you with the lyrics twice. You did actually, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's good. That's all right. That's fine. It would have been better if I could have sung. I don't believe yeah. it without getting Spotify mad at us. Well, you can't really because honestly, does Paul McCartney even sing it? So, <laughs> he, he does. He does. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm not a big Paul McCartney fan, I got to say. I'm a bigger Paul McCartney fan than I am any of the other Beatles. Nah, Actually, I'm, George Harrison was, was an amazing slide guitarist. Don't like any of them. Don't like the group. Don't like any of the solo people. Why do you hate freedom? I do not like the Beatles. I'll say it right here for everyone to hear on the outtake. I have never been a Beatles fan. If the song's on and it's on, I might listen to it, but I don't buy their music. I don't collect any. I just am not a big fan of them. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having listened to the very last episode of the Trek Geeks podcast. Um, and I, I await the cancellation that will occur on social media of people saying, cancel Dan Davidson. I'm all ACDC, baby. Yeah, oh yeah. So wait, wait. Yeah. You don't like the Beatles. Yeah. But you're all ACDC? Oh my God, I am like, I love them so much. And it took me 48 years to start liking them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 What? No, and you know, I think a lot of it has to do with um, uh, Thunderstruck at the gym. <laughs> no, I know that's an outright lie because that would make anyone hate ECDC. I know. I, when that song comes on at the gym, I'm ready to start air guitar and all up and down the aisle. <laughs> it's a shame you're not ready to start doing burpees. <laughs> so for those who, who may not be aware, at, at gyms all over the world, there's this thing called the Thunderstruck Challenge where they put on the, the song Thunderstruck by ACDC at the gym. And you have to do jumping jacks. And if you hear the words thunder or thunderstruck, you have to do a burpee every time those occur for the whole song. And it sucks. I just thought I would say that right off the bat. So yeah. um, 
I, it would make me hate ACDC, and I didn't necessarily <laughs> love them before. No, I love them. And, and I apologize. You're probably going to hear noise. It's, oh, just, it's just as we start recording, they decide to mow the lawn in the backyard. So It happens. This is, this is you know, the, the perils of, of broadcasting for, or podcasting from home. So True. True. It sounds like somebody's flying a remote control airplane out there. <laughs> it's like a drone. There's a drone flying in the living room like in Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> you better put some pants on then. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Well, they don't wear pants down here either. It's the villages. No, they... they <laughs> that's because there were so many bad jokes that I'm just going to... I had one that almost came out. Uh, it would not have been good. Um, I'm pretty sure they wear pants, Dan. Uh, well, you know, STDs. Uh, no, that's not. <laughs> so that's Are good. you uh, you ready to do this there? Yeah, I, I certainly am. Let's uh, let's do it. Have some fun. Yeah, yo. Well, I could say is uh, best to your mom and dad. Thank you. Um, please wish them a happy Thanksgiving. We'll do and, that. Uh, and health and safety. And uh, hurry home, jerk. All right, buddy. Hey, I'm coming home tomorrow. Whee. Oh, crap. As we record this. Crap. Yeah. Let me. You probably heard that. Let me turn off my did. on my phone. <laughs> that's. That was uh, UPS letting me know that my new computer had made it, the one I already grabbed from my front store. Oh, isn't that great when you get the delivered thing after the fact? Yeah, really appreciate that. All right, here we go.